Mira C. Hi, this is Melinda, host of Just Between Coaches. As you know, in each episode, Just Between Coaches answers the burning questions that you may have as you build your coaching business. That's why we thought you might be interested in a brand new show that just launched on the Miracy FM podcast network. It's called Blowing Up, and it's hosted by my colleagues and friends, Linda Claire Puig and Ari Inni. Linda is the founder and CEO of Six Figure Newsletters, and Ari is the head of strategy for the ACES Business Acceleration Program at Miracy. To give you a taste of the show, we're running an episode right here in the Just Between Coaches feed. We chose this particular episode because it addresses raising your rates, which many coaches struggle with. In this episode, you'll hear Pamela Bassa tell her incredible story of going from charging $500 for a coaching program loaded with value to $20,000 per person. I think you're really going to be inspired by her story. There is something bigger, there is something greater, there is more learning, there is more stretching, there are more challenges ahead, there are more levels, there are levels and there are levels and there are levels. And I feel that when you understand who you are and what you are called to do, you know that there is nothing that you could ever ask financially that could ever be too much. Hello and welcome to Blowing Up the podcast that shows entrepreneurs like you how other businesses exploded in the best possible way. I'm Linda Claire Puig, the founder and CEO of Six Figure Newsletters, and I'm here with my co-host Ari Eni, the head of strategy for the ACES Business Acceleration Program at Miracy. Hey there, Linda. In each episode of Blowing Up, we showcase an entrepreneur whose business blew up. It experienced what seemed to be a sudden success, but as we all know for sure, that kind of success is not random or a fluke. The company employed a specific strategy that caused its rapid rise in revenue. So today we're going to dive into that strategy so that you can learn from it and determine how you might apply elements of it to your business. If you have ever thought that you'd like to charge higher rates, even significantly higher rates, this episode is for you. I predict that you will be seriously inspired and you'll also understand the sort of rate raising guardrails that you'll want to observe if or when you raise your rates. Our guest is Pamela Bassa. She's founder of The Lucrative Lady, which empowers people to create a lucrative lifestyle and business no matter their age. Her specialty is sales, sales systems, and storytelling for marketing. So welcome to Pam and let's just jump right in. So in 2018, I wanted to start my business. And as an actress, I thought I would start it with a live event. I got some advice and they said, you know, charge £37 for your live event. And so I did. And coming from someone who didn't really have much money, £37 per head sounded like a lot of money. I was selling a coaching program for £500 at that time. So they'd turn up for £37. They'd upsell for £500 if they bought. And I would only sell roughly two because they loved the event. And during COVID, something significant happened. My husband messaged me and said, babe, I think you need to call the ambulance. The ambulance came and off he went. And within about three hours, I received a call and they said, your husband is in a coma. <gasps> oh, wow. oh, my goodness. Within the next 24 hours, we then went into lockdown. I then 
started to homeschool. I then became a single mom. Like life dramatically changed in like a blink Mm. of an eye. Mm -hmm. It was absolutely crazy. Did he have COVID? He did have COVID. I remember arriving at the hospital and just in the car park and just thinking, what does life look like right now? What is the next step? What do I do? I remember that a friend of mine, a couple of years before, when I was still starting my business, she had said to me one time when it came to pricing, she said, Pam, what is, give me a figure that you are afraid of ever charging, that you think it's impossible for people to pay you. And I said, 3K, that's impossible. 3,000 pounds or $3,000. I don't think anybody will pay me that. She said, but that's not a scary figure. Give me something scary. And I said, well, it's, well, okay, I don't know. 20K? And she said, write that down. She said, I promise you that one day you will be able to charge that amount. And so fast forward to me in the car park at the hospital about to go in to see my husband. And I'm sort of praying and just asking God and just thinking, what does life look like? What do I do? And I heard a voice and it said, life is hitting you hard. Hit back. Mm. What does hit back look like? And I was like, well, hit back looks like I'm not running this live event. Can I do it online? Can I... What do I do and how do I do that? So a few weeks later, I had another encounter with another coach friend. And he said, you know, when he found out about my live event and I went through everything that I teach in my live event, he said, Pam, you can run that online. I said, but I don't know how to do that. How do I run it online? And he said, well, run it as an event online. I said, well, what do you mean? What do I charge? He said, I don't know, 1500. <laughs> and I went, what did you say? He said, charge 1500. I don't know. From 37 to 15. I charge 37 pounds. And you're asking me to charge 1500. He said, but what do you have to lose? Just charge 1500 and stop talking about it already. And I was like, you're right. I actually have nothing to lose. And he said, what about your offer? And I said, which offer? He said, you know, you were upselling something. And I said, yeah, I had a course. And he said, you know, redo the course and offer it as a coaching program and charge high ticket. And I went, What's high ticket? He said, I don't know anything above 3K. And I went, oh boy, that's a scary number. (laughs) And he went, he went to me, no kidding. He said, I know somebody else who does what you do and they charge 20K, Pam. And I went, oh my gosh. Are you being serious? Wow, these numbers. And he said, yeah, they charge 20. I said, do they actually get paid 20K? He said, yeah, they make a serious amount of money. And I'm not even kidding. I decided to charge 20K based on the fact that I truly believed nobody would ever pay for that. (laughs) I just said to myself, I'm going to put it on my slides and I'm going to put another number. So I put, I had two levels. I put 20K and 11,997, so 12K. I said, I'm going to put these two numbers out there. I said, nobody's ever going to buy anything, but life is hitting me hard. Let's try. So you hit back. I hit back. Exactly. So I created my first intensive and lo and behold, the 1500 people paid. They came into the intensive. I ran the intensive. It was a three-day event. I walked away from that event with $120,000 taking within those three days. Amazing. What was the most you had ever made? The most I ever sold in person was three courses at 500 pounds. So do the maths. Oh gosh, so, yeah, goodness. The price bracket that people purchased the most was Mm. the 20K. 20K. Nice. (laughs) That's our best seller. And till today, I say, if I'm dreaming, don't pinch me and wake me up. I'm good. (laughs) 
<laughs> it just changed my entire life, as you can see. Yeah. So what did you do when you closed the event Yeah. and took a breath and recognized what you had done? Get us inside your head. I just remember getting on my knees and just saying, Lord, I'm so grateful. This is just crazy. I am still stunned till today. Even though it's a normality, we run this intensive five times a year. So I get to feel this way five times a year. But I tell you something, it never gets old. The gratitude, just just knowing that, you know, I don't feel that I did anything to deserve this. I just feel that it's just a blessing. Before your husband got COVID, were you a two-income family? Yes. Oh, yeah. And so I'm assuming that, yeah, that now you're a one-income family, but have you surpassed the two-income amount that you were earning before? Oh, we have times 10, the two-income amount that we were earning before, and then some. That's a really great question. That's something I've never actually considered, how much we have surpassed that income, but yeah. So no, he hasn't been able to return to what he was doing, but he hasn't needed to either, which I'm so grateful for. Now he just supports me. Like he takes care of our funnels. He takes care of customer service. He makes sure people are happy. We have quite a decent sized team. He makes sure everybody gets paid on time. It's released a lot of pressure for us financially as a family. Did you move? Are you still in the same place? Yeah. So we paid off our mortgage. And um, so we paid off our mortgage within nine years, which I'm over the moon about. And we live in London. It's not cheap to live here. And just to, to have the ability to do that is uh, pretty awesome. Our kids go to good schools that we pay for. And that's nice to be able to send them to great schools. And we didn't move. We didn't move. And, um, but we live mortgage-free. We live debt-free. And we travel quite a lot, which is quite nice. Yeah. So if we take it then into the lessons that you have for other people in their own pricing, what could you tell people? Oh my God. I'm so grateful for the friend who said, write down a figure that you are afraid of. I feel that we undersell our services so much. You know, Mm -hmm. I feel that what I'm charging now, I should be charging more, to be honest. So we have our 12K offer. We have our 20K offer, like I mentioned. And I also have a 70K offer, which is booked out. And even at that level, I still feel Because every day I'm constantly growing and every day I'm pouring myself Uh into building up and helping people and developing. My attitude in life is never the, I have arrived, you know, I've got it or I've made it. My attitude is always, there is something else. There is something bigger. There is something greater. There is more learning. There is more stretching. There are more challenges ahead. There are more levels. And because of that, it keeps me very excited. And I feel that When you understand who you are and what you are called to do, you know that there is nothing that you could ever ask of financially that could ever be too much. And so ask, you know, ask, put a price on it and bet on yourself, believe in yourself. And if you have a skill set or an area within your business that is a little bit lacking, then work on that for goodness sake. So what I do is every month I have a different theme that I'm focusing on in developing myself. I look at my business and I go, Pam, where do you need to stretch yourself now? Is it on ads? Is it in your mental health? Is it in your copywriting? And I try to pick one area and I spend the whole month 
focusing on developing that specific area and I wake up earlier to make sure that I dedicate time in developing that specific area to help me. And the more I do that, it gives me more confidence to increase my price because I'm always developing and pouring out more into others as well. And I guess that's at the core of it. You're not just raising prices willy-nilly. You're, you're being very, very cautious about it. And also it's connected to something, it sounds like. So as you're up-leveling yourself, what's the thought process you go to to decide on the next price to figure out kind of where should it go? Yeah, that's a great question. For me, I start with what can I make sure that I'm giving back? Can I 10x what I'm requiring others to invest in me, right? Can I hand on heart 10x that for them? Do I have the track record for that? And do I have a systemized process for that? Can I do it for Ari? Can I do it for Linda? Can I do it for Jacqueline? Can I do it for Jake? Can I do it for different people? Mm -hmm. Do I have that confidence that I can? So at what point would you recommend that people start examining their price? I mean, it kind of sounds like you're saying all the time. Yeah. <laughs> but what is the point at which, you know, it's a red flag. like, no, you have to be raising your prices. Like, what is that threshold if there is one? I think if you start doing marketing or trying to fill your offers, and there's even an ounce of desperation, then you definitely want to start examining, you know, why. Am I not charging mm. enough as it is? Anytime I felt that way, I've always stepped back. Let's have a look. What's not working? Let's look at, you know, the format of the program. Let's look at the pricing and all of that. The other thing is, so there's a scripture that says that we should go from glory to glory, from increase to increase. And so I have a rule. It's an unwritten rule, but I always say to my clients, especially before they start doing group programs and perhaps they're still doing one-on-ones, work with your first five and increase your price. And then take your next five and increase your price. So that's another way to do it. One of the reasons I feel that most people undercharge is because they are quantifying what they do in terms of time. For example, let's say Linda comes to me for help and, you know, it took me 10 minutes to help her. Why would I charge 20K for that? It took me 10 minutes to help Linda or I just gave her one advice and they're not seeing the value in the transformation. Okay, forget that it took mm -hmm. 10 minutes, but what did Linda do with that information and mm -hmm. where is she today and how did it change her life? And mm -hmm. if you think about the doctor who gives you medication for cancer and let's say, you know, saves your life, but that conversation to say, hey, take this pill took five minutes. Mm -hmm. Do you see my point? But all of the doctor's education and experience mm -hmm. led exactly. up to that Everything moment that leads of, to it. of that doctor being able to prescribe exactly. and recommend that particular. Okay. Exactly. It doesn't matter that it took 10 minutes or even 10 seconds. It's the gravity behind that recommendation, the confidence you have behind it, the education, the everything that went into it for them to be able to say, hey, this is what you should do, etc. That's how you start to think about, huh, my pricing needs to change because I carry so much weight, you know. Mm -hmm. I have a feeling that there's a lot of need to understand one's value that goes into this whole conversation. I see people that it feels like they have beginner mind, which is a good thing to have, right? In many ways, it's a good thing to have. But if it leads you to not think that you know anything or mm -hmm. have mm -hmm. any value to mm -hmm. offer, then that's not a good place to be. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a beginner mind. It's also an imposter syndrome mind. It's like, mm -hmm. who am I? Who am I to charge this? And who am I to require 
or to think that I'm going to change somebody's life. Do you ever still have those kind of echoes? Because I mean, once upon a time, you were charging low prices, I'm guessing yes. because you thought who would pay this much. And so there is that kind of seed of those thoughts, I'm guessing, still in your mind. Does that ever still happen to you now as you've seen that people are buying? It's happening. It's working. Does it still ever come up for you? I think there is always going to be an element of that for every single one of us. And whether you are doing double digits or seven or eight or nine digits, because you're a human being at the core of everything. And the way that I combat that is I coach myself. I talk to myself a lot. I remind myself of who I am. And not only that, I can shamefully tell you that I do look at my testimonials. <laughs> I remind Sean, myself. <laughs> yeah. There's always going to be that gremlin yeah. who's pointing yeah. the mm. finger and wanting to remind you of how imperfect you are. And you have to come back up and remind that gremlin of who you truly are, who you, you know to yourself to, to be. Yep. And right. to talk back. That's right. You don't <laughs> just accept what's spoken to you. You be your own cheerleader. You champion yourself. I remember walking up and down my living room and declaring one day we will be mortgage-free, talking like a madwoman. One day we'll be mortgage-free. One day I will be mortgage-free. One day I will be mortgage-free. I would just wake up at 5 a.m. and I had a whole list of things that I wanted to happen. One day, one day I will be a millionaire. One day, one day, one day I will have a coaching program that's sold out. One day, one day, one day. And I'd keep saying it. And then I graduated to well done, Pam. Pam, I'm so proud of you. Pam, you did that. Do you know how awesome you are today, Pam? Like, did you see yourself today in the camera, Pam? Do you know how amazing your program is? But I am so proud of you. You did that, Pam. You have to cheerlead yourself. You have to mm -hmm. lift yourself up. And so instead of waiting for someone to pull you up, to give you a pat on the back, you do that for you and you do it every single day till it becomes who you are and you can just wake up and face the world all day long, confidently, mm. you know. I love that. <laughs> I'm so happy that you shared everything that you just shared, because throughout all of this, it sounds like there are the tactics around raising prices, but more than anything, it's about the mindset. It's about the confidence, yes. about the willingness to try and go out there and yes. feel your value and your worth. So are there any expectations that are unrealistic in terms of raising prices? I mean, I think people would listen to your story and think that sounds pretty unrealistic to go from $37 yeah. to $1,500 and to a $500 offer to a $20,000 offer. Like that sounds pretty unrealistic. I think if, if you have a goal and it's unrealistic, you're on the right track. <laughs> In all honesty, you're on the right track, right? And I also think that what is unrealistic is expecting it to happen overnight. That's unrealistic. Mm -hmm. Or expecting it to happen without any work. So let's just clarify. I didn't just change my price. I changed the format, I changed the delivery, I changed the offer, I put in a lot of work. So my offline event was, let's call it one day, it was a one day event. Online it's three days and whilst the timing doesn't, in my opinion, doesn't really carry much weight, what I deliver with my entire team, the transformation sure. and all sure. of that, right? So the price changed but the value went whoosh through roof, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that's why people are happy to pay it. And not only do they pay the 1500, they also go, no, actually I want some more. If Pam and her team could do this at 1500, can you imagine what this 20K offer would look like by the time I'm done? And so it's that, and that's really the key to selling where people can see that the value that they're getting is way more than the financial 
investment that they're putting in. Yeah. You don't just raise your prices and you don't just do it overnight and you don't just deliver the same old stuff. You really amp up everything about it, the Mm -hmm. value, the experience, the transformation, Mm -hmm. the delivery, everything. So Mm -hmm. yeah, 100%. Yeah. And are there places where people would get stuck trying to figure out how to do a price increase for themselves or, you know, how to deliver way more, create a whole new offer that's way higher than they've offered before? Yes, definitely. I actually had a client um, yesterday and it's very interesting because he is a person who has made a significant amount of money. But when I saw where he had made the money before, I could see where he got stuck. And I think this is where people get stuck a lot. And that is that you think to yourself, I want to increase my value so much that you put everything in the pot. Oh, right. 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 So much so that it cripples you. And so you then become a person who overpromises and underdelivers because your heart was in the right place. What they didn't look at was the capacity to deliver. How realistic is this? So when I was working with him, I found myself constantly pulling back and going, nope, let's go back, take a step right back. Because I know that whilst your heart is in the right place, I don't think you can commit to this. Let's be honest now, right? And so I feel that people tend to think that, you know, if I'm going to charge X amount, then I need to give the kitchen sink and my child away. No, you don't. What's the first step people should take? When it comes to increasing their pricing, the first step I think they should take is do an audit of what they currently offer, right? So what do you currently offer? Put it down on paper. And then the second thing you do is you look at all of that and you, you start to quantify it by what is the transformation for each itemized thing, each line, right? This one thing, what is the transformation? What could they do with it? How could it change their lives in the next three months? And then how could it change their lives in the next 12 months, in the next five years, right? So you go that far with each itemized thing and you put a price on it. What is it worth? Just put a number to that person. Each of these things, by the time you're done with that, just that audit, you start to see that, hold on a minute, whatever it is that I'm offering, it's worth a lot. People could pay a lot of money for this. Then step two, I would then go and look at what are other people charging for this? And I would look at people in the various uh, uh, spectrum of they're very experienced or they're just starting out. Like I would look at maybe 10 people, people who I really admire, people who, you know, I consider, people who are where I want to be. What do they command for a similar sort of service? That would be my step two. My step three would then be to really ask myself a tough question, Pam, why aren't you able to command that yet? Like, what is holding you back? Be honest with yourself. Is it a confidence thing? Is it because you feel as if you are unqualified? Is it imposter syndrome? Is it lack of experience, right? Because the answer to each of these questions then gives you a plan of action. Once you've decided on that price, you then look at, okay, what is the sales process for this price bracket? Because not all sales processes are the same. Good If you're going to charge... Yeah, if you're going to charge 497, right? Or you're going to charge 45K. The sales process is very different. And so that's another place where people get stuck, you know, say 10K. I want to command 10K. Then I say, okay, so are you willing to do the things that people who are commanding 10K per client are doing? 
What is their sales process? Because you can't do it just by posting on social media. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's a sales system. There's, there's stuff that happens behind the scenes, right? Do I need another team member? Am I good at sales? Do I need to hire somebody who's good at selling, better at selling than me, right? Do I need somebody to help me to create some pages that will put my offer on it and lead people through a system, a funnel, a process? A lot of people have pipe dreams where they have these big money goals, but they have no foundation backing it up. And that's what I'm talking about. Once you have all of those things in place, you will change your prices like that because you've put in the work. So let's talk. I think one of the most important things that Pam said in that, to me, very inspiring interview was that you can't just raise your prices and deliver the same old stuff. You amp up the value, the experience, the transformation, the delivery, everything. So the price changes, but the value goes through the roof. Thank you so much to Pam for her passionate commentary on raising rates. If you'd like to keep in touch with Pam and get more of her wisdom, please be sure to get her four-step SEED method, that's S-E-E-D, that breaks down exactly how to build a profitable online coaching business without paid ads or complex sales funnels. You'll find it at blowingup.rocks forward slash Pam. That's blowingup.rocks forward slash Pam. This episode of Blowing Up was produced by Linda Claire Puig. Cynthia Lamb is our managing producer and Danny Eni our executive producer. Post-production is by Post Office Sound. To make sure you catch all the really great episodes of Blowing Up, follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening right now. And if you like the show, we'd love it if you could leave us a starred review or share the show with a friend. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. Miracy. And so the tailor, having gathered together the beautiful scraps, began to sew. He stitched and he sewed and he sewed and he stitched. And by the morning time, he had made himself a beautiful coat. Now, when he wore his coat into the market, everyone admired it so much that the tailor decided to wear the new coat everywhere. And that's what he did. He wore it and wore it and wore it until it was all worn out. Or was it? In each episode of Once Upon a Business, Lisa shares a fairy folk or traditional tale and then extracts rich business lessons that are applicable for entrepreneurs, coaches, and course creators. Stories always take us on a journey from one place to the next. Sometimes this journey is literal, sometimes it's metaphorical, but always we find ourselves transformed. This story, The Tailor's Coat, originating from Europe, 
takes us through a literal transformation of the pieces of cloth and yet somehow teaches a powerful lesson. It does speak to a common entrepreneurial journey. Many of us start out working for someone else and give them everything we've got. Perhaps the tailor finally deciding to make something for himself is similar to the entrepreneurial desire to begin to create a business for ourselves. We take the scraps, the skills that we've developed, the experience that we've gained, and we launch our own business. I think it's an incredibly important skill for an entrepreneur, for anybody running a business, to be able to know that creating something out of nothing is always possible. And it's often the way forward because it's out of the scraps of what's been done before. It's out of almost the missing pieces that are not quite there that we can actually bring our creativity and bring our determination and bring our vision to create something really wonderful, really brand new and really beautiful. And then we can walk around the town with it. You know, we can be proud, we can step out and we can wear it until it's almost worn out, but not quite. To hear more of Lisa's stories and learn the deep lessons they carry, make sure you subscribe to Once Upon a Business wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you every other week with a brand new episode.